Good morning. Happy New Year. <laughs> it's a blessing uh, to be with you all this morning. Uh, I was asked a couple of weeks ago if I would kind of lead the message this morning. And those of you um, that I know and love, and I think that's most of you in this room, uh, know that it's not my comfort zone. David Taylor said, are you going to do your usual disclaimer of, I don't want to do this. This is not, you know, what I'm called to do. And I said, no, I'm bucking up this morning. Uh, but I'm way more comfortable singing and leading than speaking. I told uh, one of our pastors, you know, I've listened to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sermons in my ministry. And I like to poke fun and kind of be a critic. But when you're behind the, uh, the podium here, it's a little bit of pressure. And um, so now I won't be quite so critical or make fun of you, uh, Doug. <laughs> because I like to talk. So talking is not a problem. But uh, several of you have texted me, oh, I'm so excited for, to hear your message on Sunday. And I was like, oh, gosh, just a lot of pressure. But I pray that um, you will hopefully learn something and that we can worship God together this morning. Uh, it is a privilege uh, to be here with you, and I know that you're used to stellar preaching. We are so fortunate at our church to have wonderful preaching pastors that bless me uh, and that God speaks to. So I just pray, if you'll pause with me for a moment. Dear God, I just pray that the words and meditations of my heart and mouth might be acceptable in your sight, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope that it was all that you anticipated and thought that it would be. Mine was a little different than I anticipated, uh, but it was good nonetheless. I had lots of time to kind of think and reflect and uh, dream for 2022. And several folks said, hey, what are you gonna talk about? What are you gonna talk about on this first Sunday of the new year? We have really been through it in 2020 and 2021. And I've seen a lot of memes and a lot of posts that this has got to be a better year. And having walked alongside of many of you with struggles and uh, issue, my prayer is that we will we will experience the power and presence of God in 2022 and new in real ways. So I thought, well, we're not in the middle of a sermon series right now. And this Sunday, I can kind of talk about um, the beginning of the year. And in the church here, you know, we have different uh, liturgical seasons. And today is uh, the Sunday we call Epiphany. And that might be a term that you're familiar with, maybe it's not, but I wanna to talk to you a little bit about epiphany. The word epiphany comes from a Greek word which means appearance or manifestation or revelation, specifically the revelation of God incarnate as Jesus Christ. Today is also called Three Kings Day, Theophany, Little Christmas, or Twelfth Days. January 6 marks the end of the Christmas season. I don't know about you, but yesterday I spent time taking down my Christmas decorations because when Christmas is over, I'm ready to move on. But actually, the season of Christmas doesn't end until January the 6th. So we have a few more days. And the 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany, 
Those are known as the 12 days of Christmas. Did you know that? We sing about the 12 days of Christmas, hoping for 12 gifts from someone that we love leading up to Christmas, but it's actually the 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany. In the early days of church history, before the Christ mast was observed, Christians celebrated the birth of Jesus and the baptism of Jesus on the same day, and that's Epiphany. Epiphany originated in the East, in Eastern Orthodox Christianity. Now, I don't know about you, but I am very glad that uh, throughout the um, history that we celebrate Jesus' birth and Jesus' baptism separately because I can remember a lot of wonderful Christmas gifts. I don't remember anything I got for my baptism. I'm sure I got a a children's Bible or something, but uh, throughout history, that's been celebrated together. So we would actually today be celebrating the birth of Christ and Christ revealing himself to the world as God's son at his baptism. Well, in Western Christianity, and that's what we are, Western Christians here, in the fourth century, Epiphany was uh, recognized. And in, the, in Western Christianity, Epiphany is associated with the visit of the Magi or the three wise men or the three kings. That journey that happened to see baby Jesus. So today, we're going to look at the scripture that Western Christians read on the first Sunday of the new year, Epiphany. And the scripture is from Matthew 2, and it's verses 1 through 12. Hear these words. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who's been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, 
frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, a story that we all know. Well, we know, and the shepherds and wise men learned that this baby would of course change the course of history. This baby is why we're gathered here this morning to worship. And Jesus is why we gather every week to worship. You know, worship is a spiritual discipline along with scripture reading, which we just did, prayer, fasting, participating in small groups, and Holy Communion, which we celebrate the first Sunday of each month in the United Methodist Church and each week in our ministry center. And we're gonna celebrate Holy Communion in just a little bit. You know, these are all spiritual disciplines and spiritual disciplines draw us closer to God. And that's my prayer for myself and for all of us in 2022, that we'll find a way to draw closer to God. You know, there's a saying, if you feel like God uh, is far away, who moved? It's incumbent upon us to practice spiritual disciplines so that we can stay in close relationship with this baby that changed the world, Jesus. So this morning, we're going to do something that the people who call themselves Methodist have been doing for about 250 years now. In 1775, John Wesley, who is the founder of the Methodist movement, the Methodist societies, introduced a renewal service. It was an important part of the spiritual life in Methodist societies in England. It became an annual service of self-examination, reflection, and rededicating, rededicating oneself to the Christmas to the Christian life. A time to renew your covenant with God. The service focuses on repentance through confession and commitment. And it demands humility from those willing to submit themselves to the dynamic words stated in the liturgy. As the service evolved, it's been typically held on the Sunday nearest January the 1st. It's undergone lots of revisions and adaptations and some of the language has been updated, but its purpose as a ceremony of commitment to ongoing discipleship and Christ-like character has remained. In this service, there's lots of congregational responses and they'll be on the screen. The service focuses a lot on repentance and confession, E. You know, I was raised in a different uh, Protestant denomination. And when I was in college, um, I went to church with a friend and it was a different Protestant denomination and the pastor raised his voice a lot. And there was a lot of um, kind of chastisement and a lot of wiggling in the seats. And when it was over, I said, I don't think that was exactly the way I like to worship. And my friend said, you know what? Every now and then I need a good kick in the pants. I need the preacher to tell me what I'm doing wrong and get me back on the straight and narrow. I don't know kind of 
what tradition you might come out of. In the United Methodist Church, I love our liturgy because we focus on God's grace and God's goodness. And when I come to worship, I want to leave feeling like my tank is full, like I can go out and affect positive change in the world. Uh, I want to come and get strength from you and strength from scripture reading and prayers and singing. But you know, it's important that we do take time to stop and examine. Examine our lives, examine our hearts, examine our motivations, not because we're bad, not because uh, we aren't deserving of God's grace, but because it kind of causes us into accountability and humility, and God can work with that. God can work with that. You know, I, um, I'm sure you've probably heard this. This is a prayer. Dear Lord, so far, I've done well. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy or grumpy or nasty or selfish or overindulgent. And God, I'm very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, Lord, I'm gonna get out of bed. (laughs) And from then on, I'm gonna need a lot more of your help. You know, I feel like that sometimes. When things are going great, I feel like I've kind of got it all in control. But when things aren't going well, my sinfulness, my selfness comes into play. Thank God, thank goodness that God forgives us. And I like to think of it as kind of a reboot when I do the United Methodist Covenant service. Like I see Peter Vickery back there. He's my computer guy. So I'm throwing in computer lingo, Peter. Uh, Reboot, a fresh start, wiping the hard drive clean. So this morning we're gonna ask God to join us through this liturgy. And as you say these words, and they'll be on the screen, and as I said, they're over 250 years old. You know, when we say things kind of corporately, which we don't typically do a lot in our worship services, we're saying it together, but I pray that we'll all look in our own hearts and minds and souls individually as well. Where are those places where we maybe we need to invite God in? Where are those places we might need a little help? We might need a little fortification We might need um, God to reveal God's self to us in a new way in 2020. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Would you read? You are the one true God who reigns forever. Let us pray. Almighty God, You search our hearts and you see every part of us. All our desires are known to you and from you no secrets are hidden. By the inspiration of your Holy Spirit cleanse our hearts so we may perfectly love you and glorify your holy name. And we pray this through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. In the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet, in chapter 31, verses 33 and 34, the prophet proclaims, God will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah to replace the covenant made on Mount Sinai to their ancestors when God brought the people out of Egypt. And it goes like this. 
This is the covenant, says the Lord, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their wrongdoings and remember their sin no more. Amen. Friends, the Christian life is a life found in Christ, redeemed from sin and consecrated to God. We are those who have entered into this life and have been admitted into a new covenant with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the mediator of this covenant. Jesus sealed it with his own blood so it would last forever. On one side of the covenant stands God who promises to give us new life in Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Every day God proves his goodness and grace to us, showing us that his promise still stands firm. On the other side, we stand as those who promise to no longer live life for ourselves, but instead to only live for Christ because he's loved us first and given his life for us. You know, there are times in our lives when it's important for us to remember and reaffirm promises and vows. And in this same way, we come today to renew our covenant with God. Many generations have done this before us. Today, we make the covenant our own, renewing with joy and sincerity the covenant that binds us all to God. Now, maybe you've made a covenant with God. Maybe you've bargained with God. Hopefully, we've all asked Jesus into our hearts and lives as our uh, comforter, our friend. Hopefully, we are listening to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. But today, we're going to say a covenant. And as I said, if you um, look at the words on the screen, I pray that we'll take them into our heads and we'll take them into our hearts. We are those who want to live as true disciples of Jesus Christ, but sometimes we fall short. So let's examine ourselves before God, humbly confessing our sins and submitting our hearts so that we don't deceive ourselves and live our lives separate from God. Let us pray. Creator God, you have set forth the way of life through your son, Jesus Christ, whom you love dearly. We confess that we have been slow to learn of him and have been reluctant to follow him. You have spoken and called to us, but we have not listened. You have revealed your beauty to us, but we have been blind. You have stretched out your hands to us through our friends, but we have passed by them. We have accepted your gifts and offered little thanks. We are unworthy of your unchanging love. We confess our sins to you. Please forgive us 
for the poverty of our worship, for the selfishness of our prayers, for our inconsistency and unbelief, for the ways we neglect fellowship and your grace, for our hesitation to tell others about Christ, and for the way we deceive ourselves. Forgive us when we waste time and when we misuse the gifts you have given us. Forgive us for when we have made excuses for the wrong things we've done and when we have purposefully avoided responsibility. Forgive us that we have been unwilling to overcome evil with good and that we have not been ready to carry our cross. Forgive us that we have not allowed your love to work through us to help others and that we have not made their suffering our own. Forgive us for those times when instead of working for unity, we made it hard for others to live with us because of our lack of forgiveness, inconsiderate judgment, and quick criticism. Forgive us when we have not tried to reconcile with others and when we have been slow to seek redemption. Forgive us also for these sins that we silently confess to you now. Let's go before God in silence. God, the Father of all mercies, is faithful to cleanse us from our sins and restore us to Christ's image. Praise and glory to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now let us in covenant commit ourselves to Christ as his servants. Let us give ourselves to Christ so that we may fully belong to him. Jesus Christ has left us with many services to be done. Some of these services are easy and honorable, but some are difficult and we may find them disgraceful. Some line up with our desires and interest. Others are contrary to both. In some, we please Christ and ourselves. But then there are other works where we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. Jesus Christ, we offer you this prayer. Let me be your servant. Let me follow your commands. I will no longer follow my own desires. I give myself completely to your will. The power and strength to live as true servants is given to us in Christ. We accept the place and work that he gives us, acknowledging that he alone will be our reward. I am not my own. I am yours alone. Make me into what you will. 
Rank me with those you will. Put me to use for you. Put me to suffering for you. Let me be employed for you. Let me be laid aside for you. Let me be lifted high for you. Let me be brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things or let me have nothing. With a willing heart, I freely give everything to your pleasure and disposal. Christ is Savior to those who are his true servants. He is the source of all salvation to those who obey. To be his servant is to consent fully to his will. Christ accepts nothing less. Christ will be in all or he will be nothing. Now let's confirm this truth and holy covenant and make it a reality in our lives in these three ways. First, set apart time in your day more than once to be spent alone with the Lord. Seek to perceive God's special care for you and gracious acceptance of you. Carefully think through the words of this covenant and its conditions. Examine your heart. Even if you have freely given your life to Christ, name the sins in your life. Reflect on whether you're willing to choose Christ's holy laws and commandments. Second, uphold a spirit of awe and reverence. I think that's something that's really missing in uh, many of our lives today is just a spirit of awe and reverence. God is still doing marvelous works if we'll just stop and see them. Third, claim God's covenant. Do not trust your own strength and power but rely upon God's promise of giving grace and strength. In this way, he'll help empower you to keep your promise. Fourth, be determined to be faithful. You've given your heart and life to God. You've opened your mouth to dedicate yourself to the Lord. Let us pray. Oh God, You know that we have made this covenant today in sincerity. If you find anything false in us, guide us and help us to set it right. And now, glory be to you, God the Father. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my God and Father. Glory be to you, God the Son, You have loved me and washed me from my sins in your own blood. From this day forward, I shall look upon you as my savior and redeemer. Glory be to you, O God, the Holy Spirit, by your almighty power. You have turned my heart from sin to God. From this day forward, I shall look upon you 
as my comforter and guide. O mighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have now become my covenant friend. And I, through your infinite grace, have become your covenant servant. You are mine and I am yours. So be it. May this covenant that I have made here on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, you've heard the words of our lips. You know the desires of our hearts. God, we covenant in 2022 to try to walk more faithfully with you, God, our Redeemer, our friend, our guide, our comforter, our teacher. God, we praise you not because we are so good, but because you are so good. Lord, we don't know what this new year will bring, but God, we know that you'll be with us. We know that you won't abandon us. God, I pray that we can be bold in our faith, that we can speak against injustice, oppression, and evil of every kind. God, help us to find our voice. And Lord, we pray that you would give us a peace that passes understanding, knowing that you are in control and that you are guiding and directing. Lord, we pray that you would call us to righteous accountability, that we would surround ourselves with the opportunity to grow in our faith through scripture and small group and worship God. We pray that we would be bold in our ask of others to join us on this journey of faith, a journey, God, that isn't always easy, but is always worth it. Lord, I thank you for each one here today that have made this commitment, Lord. Help us to uh, be the best Christians we can be, like the wise men who journeyed to see Jesus, God. We want to be on this journey with you. So I thank you for this time together to raise you high and ourselves a little lower, God, knowing that we depend on you. We depend on you. We can go it our own way for a while, Lord, but eventually we'll come up so short. So thank you for the opportunity to come here and renew our commitment to, um, to follow you in a deeper and more meaningful way. And for these things, we give you great thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, I want to say thank you for all of your generosity. Uh, this church never fails to rise to any occasion, and 2021 was no exception. So I pray that we would be generous in 2022, giving um, of our time, giving of our talents, whatever those might be, and of course, giving a, of uh, our financial resources as we can. So I pray God's blessing over all of us as we look into this new year with excitement and optimistic hope because we are a people of hope. Amen.